Hi guys, we are so excited to launch our new publishing department, Strange Ink Press, and we have a new book called Poetic Justice, an anthology of poems by Muslims. For more information on how you can get your copy, visit the Linktree link in our bio. We really hope you can support this effort and a portion of the proceeds go towards a cause which we voted for as a community and wrote about in the collection of poetry. You are listening to the Lit Muslim podcast. All things literature, all things enlightening. Assalamu alaikum, how are you? Wa alaikum assalam, alhamdulillah, I'm good, how are you? I'm good, alhamdulillah. I always hear your voice, but it's so different seeing you actually in person, uh, even virtually, alhamdulillah. <laughs> <laughs> Do I sound older? Do I sound like an old lady? Somebody said that to me once. No, you don't. You sound, you have a lot of like, mashallah, confidence in your voice. So after I hear you speak, I feel like quite inspired, actually. <laughs> alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. I'm glad that that comes through my voice, even though I'm, I, I'm always usually very nervous. I know. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, so alhamdulillah, I was just letting our audience know that um, we're going to be doing a Q&A um, based on some of the questions that we received about writing and editing. Um, how, how do you feel about introducing yourself so our audience can get an understanding of who you are if they don't already know? Of course, yeah. So I'm Hind Hagezi. I have been a freelance editor for about eight years, and I've been a writing coach for about four years, alhamdulillah. I've also written three novels. They're all fiction. They're all women's fiction, alhamdulillah. I um, sort of before all of that, I was born and raised in the U.S., in Massachusetts, and I have been living for 20 plus years here in Egypt, alhamdulillah. I, um, with my kids, my, my eldest, well, my husband and my children, my eldest is 19 and a half. And then I have a 15 year old, although to hear him say it, he says 16, but he's not 16, he's 15. <laughs> and then the 14 year old, and then my daughter will be 12 next month, inshallah, alhamdulillah. And I've been, um, I've been working with the strangers. I don't know for how long now, um, but alhamdulillah, we put out Poetic Justice earlier, you know, uh, just last month, I think, right? The volume one, alhamdulillah. So I feel like that was a big success for us, alhamdulillah. And I'm so honored to be a part of that initiative, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Yay, alhamdulillah. Um, and honestly, I, as, I, as we're doing this right now, I think to myself, like, what have we been doing not doing this? It just makes so much sense. <laughs> MashaAllah. Um, and for right. those of you who are hearing from our sister Hin for the first time, she is, MashaAllah, um, she doesn't call herself this, but she is a professional editor. She knows what she's talking about. There's, MashaAllah, Allahumma barik, may Allah increase her in it. I mean, and she's uh, an amazing person to... Um, to ask about any questions that you have, uh, expertise. She's also a coach. Um, and inshallah, she's going to be attached to this video as a collaborator. So you will have a chance to find out more about her from her page, inshallah. Um, so are you ready for your questions, inshallah? <laughs> I'm ready. Shoot. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the first question is, I really like this question. It is, when are you a successful editor? No. Uh, when are you a successful awesome. author? <laughs> okay. Okay. Very good. Very good. I love that question too, actually, because I think that different people, um, they have different ideas, 
right? And really what it comes down to is your own, you have to give yourself a definition of success. You cannot compare your journey with anybody else's journey. You cannot compare yourself with anybody else. You can compare yourself today to what you were before. And you can, you know, keep working towards that growth and towards achieving that potential. So basically, you have to sit with yourself as an author and consider, when will I feel like I'm successful? For some people, that will be, once I write my first book, I'm going to feel successful. For somebody else, that will be, once I have X number of sales, I, I will be a successful author. For somebody else, it might be, I won't be successful until I hit the USA Today bestseller list, right? Mm-hmm. And, and our ideas of success will likely continue to, um, to change throughout our writing career, and that's completely normal. It's important to keep in mind to sort of be realistic with your idea of success when you're first starting out. But like I said, when we, we you know, at the beginning it's important for you not to compare yourself to anybody else because just like we don't in life, for some people, their, uh, their idea of being successful in life means that they have a certain career. Mm. And for other people, their idea of success is having a family. And you can't compare the two. This is, they're two different, um, there are two different avenues and there's no reason why this person should be comparing themselves with that person. As long as you have your own understanding of what success is and you continually, uh, reach for that, you work towards that, inshallah. That's beautiful, mashallah. So alhamdulillah. And I think it's a very realistic answer and it's something so many of us ask, especially a lot of writers, um, I find that a lot of writers who I've spoken to are just natural perfectionists. Um, and they, and with that comes comparing yourself to yes. authors who have been doing it for so many years and being given yes. so much help because of the yep. um, traditional publishing route that they decided to right. take. So um, right. that's, that's some amazing advice. Don't compare yourself to others and have your own version of success. Now I'm going to follow up that actual, what you, yeah. what you said with another question. Yeah. How do yeah. you stop comparing yourself to other people? in, in writing and, and however, Uh, whatever whatever other creative pursuits you're doing. I think to be honest with you, I think that this is a, a mindset issue, Mm -hmm. right? I think that you need to be content in knowing that you're in the race and it's just you and you're only racing against yourself and you have to really internalize that. And this idea of I have to be better than so-and-so or I have to achieve before so-and-so or so-and-so has done this and I haven't done that yet. Mm. That, that mentality, put your own name instead of so-and-so, mm. right? So that you are always and only comparing yourself with yourself. Um, and you just have to sort of, like I said, shift yourself out of that, um, out of that thinking and mm. just understand that it's just about you and your own journey and it's not about anybody else. And the more, I think the more that we, the more steps you take along your own journey, I think it helps you um, become more confident in yourself, right? When you know that it's just you and you know that 
nobody else is going to be looking at you and 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 uh, belittling your journey. It's just you, and you have to all along the way. You have to continue to celebrate your wins and to celebrate your success, no matter how small it might seem. For some people. It takes them a long time to actually sit down and start writing. And it's not easy to, to finish a book. It's not easy to finish any kind of a writing project. It takes time and it takes effort, right? And they're looking off into the, the big picture. They're looking off, not into the big picture, but into the, into the long-term goal of, you know, finishing this book. Mm. But they're losing sight that they actually sat down. And that's a win, and if they continue to do that and they continue to gain those wins every day along their journey, then they're going to get to that final goal. You know, they're going to get to that finish line, inshallah. So it's, it's just, a, it's, a, it's a mind, I really believe it's a mindset shift where you just understand that it's about you. And you will be strongest when you can compare yourself to yourself and not to anybody else. That's beautiful. Um, and it was, it was, I think, subhanAllah, just from something Kelsey said, like I had that issue as well. Just recently I finished a draft of something and today I was reading it and I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many things I need to work on. It's a mess. Um, but now just hearing you say that just sitting down is a win and just each page that you read is something like it's one page more and one page closer to the end goal. And I was, subhanAllah, I was also speak, I was speaking to my babies today as well. And um, she was trying to put something inside of a bag. And okay. I said to her, like, it, it's the success isn't, subhanAllah, about success. It's the success isn't um, the end result. It's not the thing in the bag. It's you putting the effort in to put the thing in the bag. And I realized that <laughs> I said that to her, I'm like, Aisha, you know, tell that to yourself, you know? Um, <laughs> yes, definitely. Definitely. And, and let me just say that finishing the draft of something as messy as it is, right? Because that first draft, it's going to be messy no matter how many times, how many books you've written, that your first draft is always going to be messy. Without that first draft, there is nothing else. You can't go anywhere without that first draft. And so that first draft is a huge win. It is, no matter how messy it is, it is a humongous win. So congratulations gonna, to you for I'm finishing the job. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so now the second question is, um, it's actually a question related to a lot of the contributors to the recent Poetic Justice book, which is an anthology. Um, and the question yeah. is a really good question because I've wondered it myself too. So Am I still an author if I published only, only in an anthology? You bet your butt. Yes, of course you're an author. You are a published author in such and such anthology. Definitely. Yes. No okay. questions about that. That goes right on your uh, CV. You go, you spread it across your website. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Perfect. And, and, and for those of you who are watching this, we, we are compiling another book as well um, of Poetic Justice, Volume 2. Um, so become an author if you aren't already or add to your collection um, if you haven't if you, if you already have authored a book. So um, just putting that out there, inshallah. So the third question is, and by the way, Everyone who is here, you are welcome to uh, make a request to join this conversation in this video and you can ask your question yourself or you can just type it in the comments and then we, if, we, if we have a chance to get to it, we will. Um, but just putting that out there as well. Um, so the third question is, 
what is okay this might be a bit of a long question but I guess you can just answer it however you feel is is ideal um so the question is what is the process of writing a book from start to finish okay wonderful I love this question it it, it is kind of long but I will try to break it down so the first step is preparing now for some people the preparing is actually sitting down and brainstorming. Well, for everybody, it will be brainstorming, right? The next step after that is sort of um, thinking of how you're going to structure the book. Hmm. And it will take different forms depending on, is it fiction? Is it nonfiction? Um, what kind of genre is it? I, I really encourage, even though I used to be what they call a pantser, which is um, doing very little outlining and just sort of jumping into it. I really believe that having some kind of an outline to begin with is important because then if you go off on a tangent, and this is especially true with nonfiction, if you go off on a tangent, you can come back. Your outline will be there in front of you and say, hey, 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 you shouldn't be going off in this direction. Come back here. Um, it helps ground you. It helps bring you back to your core message. It's important for fiction writers as well. Um, but now that I've said that, I just want to add the caveat that um, I believe in a flexible outline. So Yes, we have it to structure and to begin and to help guide us. But sometimes, especially with fiction, sometimes as we write, we find that the story is taking a completely different direction than what we had, what we had thought, what we had originally yeah. thought. And I say, when you can see that and when you can see that path, I say, go with it, right? Even if your outline is different, I say, go with it. Um, so we have the brainstorming and then the outlining, and then we have basically just the writing it mm. and the writing it, this part of it is really the most important step. Because like I said, without a first draft, you have nothing, you can't mm. do anything with it. Right. And and with that thinking, with that same thinking, it's important not to be a perfectionist. You have to let this first draft be messy. You have to give yourself permission, especially for all of our perfectionists out there. You have to try to separate your writing self from that perfectionist self and say, no, I just need to get it down because it will be filled with holes and it will be filled with all kinds of mistakes. But without it getting out of your head, basically the first draft is you telling yourself the story, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And we can't perfect that story until the story is down. It's on that page or it's on that screen or whatever, right? So you have to let it be very, very messy. As honest as it's coming to you, as sincerely as it's coming to you, that's how you put it down. You will have glaring plot holes. I had a plot hole where um, in one scene, the protagonist is, um, she's an orphan. And in another scene, the protagonist is talking to her parents. And I could tell, I could tell that there was, like I knew as I was writing it, wait a minute, this isn't right. But I just kept going with it. I couldn't stop and edit it because I knew that if I did that, I would fall behind. And, mm -hmm. and, I, and there would be things that I wouldn't be able to, you're, you're not yet in the mindset where you can fix all of those issues. So you just have to let them be. Mm -hmm. So 
definitely the writing. The writing is going to take a lot of time. It's going to take effort. But if you do little by little, it will get done. And like I said, the most important thing to remember is not to be a perfectionist, to let it be messy. Just let it be messy and keep going. Okay, so now we have our finished first draft. Woohoo! And we celebrate because that's really huge. It really is. Um, the next step is for you to self-edit it. You, you, it's, it's good practice to give yourself a little bit of space from it first so that you can come back to it with fresh eyes, basically. And then you're going to self-edit for a few rounds. One round isn't, isn't enough. You're going to take three to five rounds where you just sit down and the first couple of rounds is you fixing those big plot holes, fixing the story itself, not worrying so much about the writing and the grammar and the punctuation and all of that. That comes later. For now, we want to fix the story itself. We want to fix the content. Okay. So we want to fix the content. We want to make sure that it flows. We want to make sure that, um, in different stages, but we want to make sure that the transitions are there so that we're going from one section or one chapter to the next. And it, and it makes sense to our reader. Um, and then after that comes the rounds of editing of the, um, you know, the grammar and the line editing and the, and the word choice and all of that fun stuff. And like I said, it will take a few rounds. And you have to be patient with it, right? You have to be patient with it. Once you have finished your rounds of self-editing, you have a couple of options. And it will kind of depend on where you want to go in your publishing journey. So if, okay, so let me say, if you have people in your life that you are connected with who are already uh, readers of of the genre of your book or who are themselves writers, then you can ask them to be beta readers for you. Mm. We don't yeah. want beta reader. We don't want our friends as beta readers or our family as beta readers because they don't really know what to look for. Mm -hmm. But if you have mm -hmm. people who are reading in this genre a lot, I mean, they can be your friends, but, but, but I mean, you're not looking like, okay, she's my best friend. I'm going to give her my book. She's going to read it. And she's going to say, this is really great. Aisha, awesome job. But that's not going to help you make your book stronger. What you want is somebody who's going to find the issues with it, who's going to tell you, no, this isn't strong enough. No, you have an issue here. You have a problem here. And that's why I say you want people who read in your genre a lot and, uh, or people who, who are already writers. Three to five. Probably three is better because when you get too many beta readers, it can, can get insane. So you can go with a beta reader. If you don't have beta readers, there are critique services that can give you that same type of feedback by people who are editors. Like myself, I, I, I offer critique services. There are lots online as well. After we do that, then you have to decide. At that point, once you've either done beta reading or gotten a critique, then you really should decide, am I going to self-publish this or am I going to send this to uh, uh, try the traditional publishing route? Mm -hmm. If you decide the traditional publishing route, then it will be time for you to query agents or publishers depending on what type of book it is. So if it is a fiction book, you want an agent. But if it is nonfiction, there are some publishers that will accept nonfiction directly from an author. 
Um, although most, even, even with nonfiction, most publishers still require that you go through an agent. So if your aim is for traditional publishing, usually after you have that strong, um, you've, you've gotten the critique back and you've made the adjustments, that final draft, you will query that draft, you will, sorry, you will query your book to agents, okay? That's for if you're taking the traditional publishing route. If you decide that what you want is self-publishing, then after you've gotten the query back and you've made your uh, changes, then what you will need to do now is actually commission an editor. Because even though the critique is really beneficial and it's, and it's needed for you, um, the editor is going to find the difference between an edit and a critique is that the edit is much more detailed and it can go into section by section and tell you, no, 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 this section right here, you should bring that before, or this section right here, you don't need this at all. This is just wasted space or whatever. A critique is much more general. It gives you an overall feeling for, for the book. Okay. Once you have your edits back from your editor, you will want to go through it again yourself. Um, and that will mean, again, it might mean a couple of rounds, just so that you know, okay? <laughs> Once you have it and it's as strong as you, as perfect as you could possibly make it and you are happy with it, then it's time to move forward with finding a cover designer. And you should never design your book yourself unless you have background in, in graphic design or in cover design specifically because then it will look amateur and you don't want your book to look amateur. You want it to look just as professional as all of those traditionally published books out there. Okay. So you would begin your search for a cover designer and for an internal formatter. And then you would begin like uploading it to Amazon and to Ingram spark. But in the meantime, if you're, especially if you're going the self publishing route in the meantime, you really need to be focusing on the promotion of your book. So you can start promoting your book and promoting yourself as an author even before the book is available. And that's important because that will help you with sales later on. Long answer, but I hope that that, that, that helped. That did. And I wouldn't know <laughs> any of this unless we went, like literally Sister Hind was guiding me through the whole process um, of poetic justice. And I felt just an ease because... As you can already see, she knows exactly what she's talking about, mashallah. Um, sister, while you were talking, um, our sister Sarah, she asked a question. She said, who are agents and where does one find them? Okay, so an agent is basically the liaison between you, the author, and the publishing house. So publishing houses, they don't deal direct with authors. They deal with what's termed the agent, which is, like I said, they're the liaison you search for them online. There is also a book that's called, um, there's a book that lists them, like a book that comes out every year that lists agents by their genre and by um, like their, um, their agency. Like they're listed in, in, in a few different ways. And for the life of me, I can't remember what the book is called, but it's, 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 it's just like an index of agents, but you can also find them online. So you would search, for example, um, women's fiction agents or something like that, or literary agencies, and then you'll get a whole list. And then you want to go through and make sure that you only contact the agents that are 
um, looking for books in your genre. So for example, if there is an agent who works with only children's books, I'm as an adult author, uh, as an author of adult fiction, I'm not going to query that agent because she's not looking for my type of book. Now, the query itself has a, a certain structure. So I would, I would encourage anybody who is hoping to query to get, um, if, if you don't already have experience with it, if you don't know what the process is or what that query letter is meant to look like, I would encourage anybody to get um, feedback on it from somebody who, um, like a mentor or an editor or somebody who can help you so that you make sure that you present your strongest query to those agents. Beautiful. Jazakallah um, So someone sent another question here, um, and it's Sister Samina. Um, okay, so she said, Assalamu alaikum. What would you recommend between self-publishing and traditional publishing? What do you do if you feel overwhelmed while self-editing? When should you start looking for a beta reader? How do we promote ourselves and our novel before publishing? Okay, so should we go this like bit by bit, Sister Hin? How do you suggest we yeah. do this? Yeah, let's do one question at a time, okay? okay. I love Samina. She's, uh, she's one of my clients, and we've been together for a while, and she has come so far, mashallah, Allahu Akbar, and I, and I um, continue to encourage her because she's like, she's this close, and I know <laughs> that self-editing can be um, very overwhelming, but it's just like anything else, step by step, and you get there. So sorry, can you begin with the first question, please, Aisha? Um, yes, of course. Um, so what would you recommend between self-publishing and traditional publishing? Okay, so self-publishing is faster. It gives you full control over everything. You have control over the book cover. You have control over the formatting. You have control even over the uh, platforms that you distribute on, right? Uh, traditional publishing is much slower so between the time you query and the time that you actually find an agent, it could be a year. You might continue to query for a year and still not find an agent. Let's assume that you do. Let's assume that um, you've started querying and a few months later you find an agent. It can still be a year between when that agent finds a publisher for you. And it can be another year or two between when the publishing, uh, the publishing house accepts your book, they buy your book, and they actually put it out onto the market. In addition to all of that, <laughs> in addition to all of that, you don't always have say in like the, the cover, like some, some authors, um, the cover comes out and they're not happy with it, unfortunately. Um, so those are things to keep in mind. Self-publishing is much uh, faster and you have control over everything. Traditional publishing still has, um, we still think of it as being more sort of um, a higher caliber. Hmm. Um, so there are still, for example, um, writing contests that don't accept self-published authors. They only accept authors that are traditionally or indie published, for example. Um, so that's, I'm just giving you like some of the, con the, the pros of, of traditional publishing. Traditional publishers will have people who can help you through the promotion and the marketing, even if they, they rely on you to do most of it, but they can help guide you through it, right? With 
self-publishing, it's all you, man. It's all on you. So you have to do that research. If you don't know it, you have to like become familiar with it. You, and sometimes it's difficult to find people who can help you, who can guide you. So I can't say I recommend one over the other. It really depends on the author. Something to keep in mind for all, most of our, most of our viewers are, are Muslim. And um, if your book is non-Muslim, uh, sorry, non-fiction, if it's non-fiction and it is focused on a Muslim audience, then the, the mainstream traditional publishers probably won't be interested in that. Okay, so if it's nonfiction focused on a Muslim audience, traditional publishers probably won't be interested in that. There are several Islamic publishers who work in a traditional publishing model. So they are out there. Um, but I just wanted to make that distinction. If you are writing fiction and your protagonist is Muslim, you can still have um, get that interest from traditional publishers. So I wouldn't I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't discourage any writers of fiction from trying to go the, the traditional publishing route. You can, you can still definitely do that. Beautiful. Um, and, and I just want to also say, um, I had the same question as uh, Sister Samina. And for that reason, for the reasons that you listed, this is the reason why I decided to go towards self-publishing and subhanAllah, the book that we did Poetic Justice, um, we decided to go to uh, create our own printing press, alhamdulillah and you're the publishing head of it, for those of you who don't know, I think I said that already, um, but just putting it out there. And um, so the next question that we want to also ask is, let me see, so there's a couple. Um, okay, so I think you touched on this. It is, what do you do if you are feeling overwhelmed about self-editing? Okay, if you start to get overwhelmed, either in the writing process or in the editing process, take a step back. It's really important if we want to make sure that we have enough steam to keep going on this marathon, because it is a marathon, then when we notice that we are running out of steam, we need to take it slow. And so you need to take a step back. And sometimes this step back is for a day. Sometimes it's a couple of days. Sometimes this step back um, is about you working on a different project, like a smaller project, like maybe an author article or a short story or a poem or something like that, that can keep you being creative, but isn't this main, this big project. Sometimes it's just making sure that you can um, relax, get out into nature, take walks, you know, spend time with family, whatever it is that helps you sort of decompress. So that when you come back to it, you're a little bit more relaxed. What's important to note is that with both writing and with editing, if there is a section of your work that is giving you difficulty and you can't figure out how to solve it, leave it and move on. So even if you're writing, we, we rarely write a story, write a book as it is presented in its final draft. It's rarely written chapter one, and then chapter two, and then chapter three. Sometimes lots of authors, they write the last chapter first, mm. and then they sort of figure out the story as it comes. So if there is a section that's giving you a pr problems, if it's, you know, you can't figure out how to move it, there's some kind of an issue and you can't figure it out, whether in the writing or in the editing, leave that section, make a note for yourself that there's a problem here and I need to fix it and move on. Because when you do that, your subconscious will start to work through it. 
even when you're completely away from your work, your subconscious will start to unpack it and, and you will find that in a day or two, oh, this is what I need to do. And you can come back to it and, and fix it. And even if that doesn't happen, oftentimes when you get through that first round of edits and you come back, you will have figured it out. It will become easier for you to sort, inshallah. I love that you said that. Um, it just comes sometimes. And I don't know, like sometimes it's like, while you're washing the dishes or you're having a shower or you're just going for a walk and it's like, oh, that's the ending of my story. So <laughs> just that's exactly. And we also know um, just from our experience uh, with Poetic Justice, I remember we had an instance and the first thing you said to me was some advice that I've just constantly been remembering just as a life advice. It's like P-A-U-S-E, I <laughs> pause let's pause and I'm like yeah <laughs> she's right um, yes so that's, yes that's, that's amazing mashallah okay uh we also had another so we have a few questions and we were just going to go for half an hour but I just want to get through maybe the rest of these questions how do you feel sister Hind are you good with just finishing the questions yeah and yeah, then good okay okay so then the other question as part of the other uh, the question all the questions were um, when should you start looking for a beta reader? Okay, so um, basically you, you'll start to connect with the beta reader once you are happy with your first draft, meaning you've written the first draft and you've edited it a couple of times, then you can send it to a beta reader. If you don't, if you don't already have somebody in mind, then maybe you know, as you're finishing up your editing, you can start to do a little bit of research of who, who might be interested in, in, um, in your story. And you can find them um, online. It, it's wonderful. SubhanAllah, the internet has made the world so much smaller, right? Because there are now so many writing groups and writers really like to help other writers. So if you can join a writing group, if you're not already in a writing group um, online, you can just put out uh, sort of a call and just say, I'm writing a story and it's about ABC. It will be about, you know, this many words long. And I'm just looking for somebody who um, would be interested in giving it a beta read. Um, and then you just, and inshallah, you'll get people who are interested because like I said, writers, they do help to, they do like to help other writers. They do. They do, mashallah. Um, and the final part of this question is, um, how do we promote ourselves um, and our novel or really any book that you're writing before publishing? Okay, so <clears throat> this, is, this is really important and, and it takes a lot of time. Um, what you really want to start early and, and what you want to do is put yourself in the spaces that other writers are and that your readers are. And what I mean by that is groups like writing groups, like we just said, writing groups on Facebook, for example, um, sort of follow, following the um, bookstagrammers and people who, who often post their reviews and things like that uh, on, on Instagram. Make sure that you are connecting with them early. So basically, when you first start to write, that's the best time to start making those connections because then those connections are sincere. You're really, it's not just that you're following this page or this group or whatever. No, you go in and you actually engage. So you make comments, you, um, you ask questions, you, you do things like that, that 
makes the the person the owner of the page or the people who are running the group they they notice you over time and they know that you are an active member of that group right um so that when the time comes you can say i've written this book and i would really like it if i could um if you could give me a review or if i could post about it on your page or whatever it is so that's one that's one thing to keep in mind sort of from the very beginning of your writing journey is that you want to be engaged and active in the writing community especially online okay the other thing is with your own social media platforms you want to be posting about yourself and your writing journey okay because readers they love to follow authors and they love to know not just about the book but about them as people right so it's important to write, to to sort of you can post about anything but i suggest that every so often like let's say you post about your daily life right and that's what you normally post about we have lots of um lots of um authors who are moms they post about their parenting experience they post about their kids and they put but every so many posts they'll mention something about their book they'll say um today the kids were giving me a hard time whatever the kids were giving me a hard time and so i i didn't have time to do my writing um but i'm really i'm in the mi- middle of this scene and i and i just wish they would be quiet so that i could finish you know for example something like that you know um you can post just showing for example where you write because one of the questions that writers always get asked is do you write um like in in private or do you go like to cafes or to places that are more public where you write do you prefer listening to music or do you prefer silence things like that so if you can give your readers um sort of an idea of that even before they have a chance to ask that helps them keep keep them engaged with you and so that when the time comes you already have a following and you already have that readership ready ready So it is something that you want to begin and continue to cultivate throughout your writing journey. Um but you post about it throughout like I said throughout your social media platforms. You talk about your writing, you talk a little bit about your life. Um but like I said, it's not only about your life. It's not only about I went here and I did this and I did this. You want to make sure that every few posts you say something about your book so that you remind them I'm doing this. I'm doing this important thing and it's going to be coming out soon inshallah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's actually some lessons for me because I tend to normally post um if I'm feeling like insightful, I'll post it and then I'll forget completely about like what's going on with my book. So um jazakallah khair for that advice um yeah. okay yeah. so the final question inshallah is so this might be a weird question but how much does an agent and an editor charge for their services approximately okay so um an agent doesn't charge but she takes um a percentage of your royalties so that's something to keep in mind but that's normal that's how the industry works so she doesn't charge you like you don't actually pay her out of pocket but she takes a percentage of your royalties so that's the agent the editor okay so so edit so editing is tricky because editing actually there are several stages of of editing so there's developmental editing and there's line editing and then there's proofreading okay so there's several stages and for people who um 
either writing, they haven't been writing for a long time or writing doesn't necessarily come easy to them. Um, for example, people who have in- English isn't their primary language. I really would encourage them to make use of both a developmental editor and either a line editor or a proofreader because you will need those. For somebody who is um, more proficient, they've been writing for a long time, then it might be enough to get away with just a developmental editor. It really will depend on your own skill and nobody knows you better than you. If you go with a developmental editor, she might be able, you might tell her at the beginning, and please let me know if you think I need, um, I need a line editor as well. So you might be able to just give her that heads up so that as she goes through it, she can, she can make note to herself. And at the end, in her feedback to you, she can say, yes, I, I really think that if your work would be improved with a line editor or no, it looks good to me. It's just if you make these content changes. Okay. So that's that. Um, about the fees, <clears throat> fees can range um, widely with anything that's freelance, right? Um, but generally, you can expect to spend about 30 to 50 US dollars per 1,000 words. So let's say your book is, um, I'm trying to think, of, like 50,000 words, right? If it's 50,000 words, and uh, um, they're charging 30, so that's going to be about 1,500 total to, to, to give you a developmental edit. Again, that's, that's an estimate. You might find people who charge less. You might find people who charge more. And the, the range doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the quality, so just keep that in mind. There might be people who are charging you a lot who don't give you um, the best quality. And the opposite is also true. People who charge a little bit less who can give you really great quality. Um, But the range really is, it's about 30 to 50 US dollars per 1,000 words. Okay, perfect, alhamdulillah. Um, And hopefully I've got all the questions. Uh, One final question from me. So Sister Hind, what should we call these sessions? Um, Inshallah, they're going to be regular sessions and inshallah, if I don't do what I normally like sometimes do, like I'm, I'm a bit of a clumsy, like, I don't know what the word is. I think in Arabic, my husband called it Diksha because he's Arab, he's Arab. So he, do you know what Diksha is? Diksha. No, <laughs> I don't. Um, okay, I'll stop killing myself here. But um, yeah, so uh, there's been some times where we recorded a whole live and I've lost all the video um, oh. for some one reason or another. So inshallah, that won't happen. <laughs> Okay, inshallah um, won't happen. But what I was trying to say was, so what should we call these lives, which are going to be regular, inshallah? It's, you tell me, you tell me. I'm, I'm happy with whatever you decide. Okay, I, I, was think, call, I was calling it, yeah, go ahead. Simple, yeah, I think I was going to say what you called it before, um, writing Q&A. Writing Q&A. Yeah, that's good, good, okay. I like it, I like it. Okay, cool, so inshallah, um, people have had a taste of what is to come and these are going to be like i said regular um, and yeah alhamdulillah and that's that so assalamu awesome. alaikum jazakallah sister hin for for well, sharing yeah. your expertise you. with us and hopefully everyone benefited from it i know i definitely did thank you so much aisha <laughs> i really appreciate it looking forward to the next one
Inshallah, me too. And just one more thing. These are also going to be on the podcast, the Lit Muslim podcast. So if you're the kind of person who's like me, um, you just want to hear an audio, you press pause when you want, play when you want, rewind, et cetera, et cetera, without having to worry about um, being on Instagram whilst listening to it. That's also going to be available for you, inshallah. So I'm really excited. Um, and assalamu alaikum to everyone. And jazakallah khair, sister Hind. And we will speak soon, inshallah. Inshallah. <laughs> Very soon. Thank you so much, Aisha. Inshallah. Alaikum if you enjoyed this podcast you can really help us out by leaving a rating or review on apple podcasts it helps us get the word out if you want updates on what's going on sign up to our newsletter in the link to wherever you get your podcasts stay lit stay woke and have a wonderful week